I played poker professionally for 10 years. I made money off of people who played poker professionally for 30 years. How was I able to beat people that have been doing it longer than me? Well, I believe it's because I worked harder, I studied uh, more rigorously, I tested what I was learning, and they ultimately became complacent. And I believe that the same thing might be happening to you today when it comes to email marketing. Odds are you're playing the same game you were playing five years ago, 10 years ago, or whenever you got into this. You're probably sending the same emails since the beginning of your business. Meanwhile, things are changing. So let's bring you into the future of email marketing for e-commerce. People want to feel known. Really building technology fast. The lack of personalization and consumer trust cost businesses $756 billion last year. Email itself is going to evolve into something very different. Automation. Messenger and SMS. Business process optimization. Customer experience. Inventory planning. Be more visual, be more tactile. What's the future of e-commerce? The heyday is just beginning. Hello, I'm Derek Haney, your host. This episode is sponsored by OmniSend, the all-in-one marketing automation platform for e-commerce. More about them later in the show. So, is the reign of email marketing coming to an end? How important will email marketing be in 2025, 2030, and 2040? How is this staple of a channel going to change as e-commerce evolves? Email marketing has been the top performing channel for e-commerce since, well, the creation of e-commerce. But now, with the proliferation of entrepreneurship, lower barriers to starting your own business, lower barriers to sending emails in general, more brands and influencers to follow in the world, and the invention of the promotions tab in Gmail, many brands are finding this channel frustrating. From a market dynamic standpoint, we have an increasing supply of emails from brands and a fixed, if not decreasing, demand of people's time spent checking their email. This has to mean that email marketing is dying, right? Well, not exactly. To get a better understanding of the changing landscape, I spoke with Jason Anderson from Anzen, which is a digital marketing agency focused specifically in email marketing. It's A-N-D-Z-E-N dot co, if you're looking for a good email marketing agency, by the way. He's a Clavio Master Platinum partner and a Shopify Plus partner. Basically, that just means he's helped a lot of brands in the industry and he's been doing it for a while. When I asked him about this diversification of attention, this is what he said. Yeah, I think as a market share, it, it will shrink uh, just as other players enter the game. Uh, things like Messenger uh, becoming much more popular. That said, I think that you'll find that in key instances, um, like particularly key moments in the life cycle, I would imagine that email is still gonna play a really strong role. Um, so for example, key moments like signing up, um, you know, adding your email address or something like that as a piece of personal identifiable information that you give to a brand. Those stages in the journey, I think are gonna get more personalized to the brand. If you're a very young company, email might be the third or fourth thing that you capture after Messenger and after SMS if you're targeting younger demographics. Whereas if you're targeting older demographics, email might move up to the number one piece of data that you collect and Messenger and um, SMS might, might move down to uh, two and three. So I think it's gonna depend on the brand. Um, and I think that's something that as e-com grows in general and the actual market of brands that customers engage with, as that expands, uh, rather than traditional sort of uh, department stores and things like that, uh, what we're gonna find is that 
the market share of these technologies is much more tailored to the brand and its consumer base. Whereas traditionally, uh, things like big brands or department stores were able to have that mass appeal where they, was, they would have a much more balanced spread. And there it is, your first big takeaway. Email marketing isn't dying, it's about diversifying. So while Google returns over 122,000 articles about the death of email marketing, rest assured that the channel will continue to have merit for the foreseeable future. And many e-commerce merchants are still finding up to a 4,000 ROI and over 20% of their sales coming from this now crowded channel. Another key takeaway that you heard him mention is this mass appeal effect of the giant email blast to the whole list is becoming significantly less effective as we move more into dynamic content and improving our timing based on user behavior and how they're interacting with our business, our website, and our products. And thirdly, it's finally time to start thinking about this. And look, I'm going to give you permission right now to think hard in your business what piece of personally identifiable information you should be collecting first. Should it be email? Should it be phone number? Should it be messenger, uh, getting people to opt in through messenger? Should it be uh, something else, maybe like push notification or mailing address or anything else along those lines? Those are mostly the big ones, but you don't have to just default to email anymore. You can prioritize based on what your average customer prefers. And if you don't know what they prefer, maybe you should stop assuming and go ask them. Now, onto this diversification of channels. If we're saying the future is omnichannel, then we need to get better at our omnichannel efforts. It's clear that other meaningful touch points have evolved and continue to evolve, and only doing email marketing today is far from an optimal strategy. That's where Omnisend comes in, our sponsor for today's episode. Omnisend was built with this new evolution of email marketing, omnichannel marketing, in mind. So I asked their CEO, Ritus, about their transition. How did they predict the change in the market to build for the future of email marketing and the future of marketing automation, and not iterate on the past? Here's what he said. Commerce, e-commerce itself was going or started, just started. Uh, it's still not there, but it really uh, going omnichannel. Uh, that that means to create ability for, for your customers to buy anywhere they like, in any form they like, uh, online, on social media, uh, offline, brick and mortar stores, offline with uh, your home delivery, offline with uh, in-store pickup, etc. So that is definitely the trend for entire commerce. We believe that the e-commerce is going to lose e-letter at the beginning quite soon. And this is the direction entire commerce is going. And commerce is going to be, e-commerce is going to be blend with what we call traditional retail nowadays. So uh, if commerce is going that direction, so for sure the communication you do with your customers should be omnichannel as well. If the customer can purchase anywhere uh, in in the, the form she prefers. So for sure, you have to communicate for her in the, prom, in the form she prefers as well. And there's a prediction I don't think I was ready for, to think that e-commerce, this digital transformation moving to an online realm, that people are already talking about moving it back to a traditional retail experience. But what I really like about what Wright has said there, and I think you can agree, 
It's about a customer's choice of communication channel and allowing them to make the choice about where they want to be communicated from and where they will ultimately purchase from you. And as he and I got into it a little bit more, he describes the process of what it might look like to transcend both online and offline and really track that customer journey a lot better than we're probably doing today. Like Shopify POS or other POSs and be able to track the same customer as uh, she showed some interest in offline brick and mortar store to that specific product. And we can continue communication online with the same customer, like sending uh, text messages, sending uh, sending web push notifications. So you just had a look in the brick and mortar store and then the communications being migrated to a digital uh, world. And vice versa, let's say the, one of the huge challenges currently is that you market as a digital marketing. And, and let's say if your company has like two departments, one is responsible for online store and another is for uh, brick and mortar stores. So what, what quite often happens that uh, customers are looking at your newsletters, looking at your digital communication, instead of buying, they still want to touch and or maybe to, to fit the product, so we end up buying them in a brick and mortar store. So now we lose this. So we see the future that like tools like Omnisend will help you to really track uh, track those 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 conversions which has happened, initiated online, completed offline, and vice versa. Let's say abundant cart should be should be able we should be able to 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 uh, recover abundant cart which has been abundant offline and you can recover it online. And he continues. Yeah. So putting some iPad kiosks in in the middle of a store, like uh, to collect um, to collect email addresses, phone numbers, and get get the permissions to communicate. Yeah, it's one of the way to what's 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 going to be uh, what's going to happen in the future. But uh, much more robust, I would say, is really uh, than we attach communication to. Um, loyalty programs and when the customer is entering the store we might already know that uh, she's entering the store and that she's showing interest in something and maybe going to some specific shelves or maybe some specific products and the second thing is really uh, assistance in the stores they they uh, are kind of proactive now but basically they just help you and and that's it and they don't prolong this communication there is no way so so basically you know uh, you you have your loyalty card there is assistant in the store who scans who scans uh, your loyalty card and say okay i'm going to send you some more information about about this phone about this fridge and uh, that's how you convert offline offline personal communications through to quite personalized or highly personalized offline, sorry, online communication. Okay, now I know we went a little bit off topic there and it's quite likely you aren't even selling in retail right now, but I think this is a beautiful insight into the merging of online and offline commerce. And I truly believe that if you call yourself a serious e-commerce business today, you will at some point grow into retail, whether that be by placing your product in a handful of niche retail outlets going into the big boxes, opening up your own store, or doing as Bonobos did and opening up a sort of guide shop, but still keeping the online, uh, the buying experience online. Long story short, email marketing continues to be a strong part of the online buying experience. We will likely see a stronger merge of email and other channels coming into retail. And I'd like to pause and give a special shout out to our sponsor of the day, OmniSend. 
Omnisend is truly building for the future of e-commerce with their omni-channel marketing automation platform. You have email, SMS, Messenger, WhatsApp, push notifications, all under one roof, and then you can push that to your Facebook and Google custom audiences. This allows for deep segmentation, deep understanding of that customer journey, and a better experience overall. If you're thinking about moving into an omni-channel marketing strategy, or you know that you need to communicate better between your channels, check out Omnisend. You can go to ecomtech.link forward slash Omnisend. That is E-C-O-M-T-E-C-H dot link, L-I-N-K forward slash Omnisend, O-M-N-I-S-E-N-D. Omnisend is truly a powerful tool that I recommend checking out. Now let's drill a little deeper into email marketing for e-commerce specifically, because we are a different beast than SaaS and enterprise and local small business. Let me take you on a journey. A customer journey, if you will. Let's say I arrive on your site. Nowadays, I'm likely to get hit with up to three pop-ups right off the get-go. 10% off to join your email list. Yes, I do want push notifications to my browser. Thank you very much. And oh yes, the live chat bubble, asking if I need help with anything, even though I haven't seen a single product on your site just yet. And if I'm on mobile, hopefully I can actually X out of these pop-ups without too much friction and continue looking for what I want. Well, hopefully you've tested your email collection strategy a bit more than that and have these timings figured out. Now, I've started to browse the site. I'm looking around for whatever I came here for. Widgets, I came here for widgets, of course. Ah, here are some widgets. Let me add these to my cart. Yes, I will take that upsell offer and let's go to the checkout. I will grab my discount code from that newsletter opt-in that you sent to me. For some reason, you didn't auto-fill it for me though, so I'm going to go over to my email to get it. Oh no, now I'm in my email. I've got something urgent I have to take care of. Someone's commented on my dog's Instagram post and now I'm gone. Luckily, you have my email address, so after a couple hours, you nudge me. I get that abandoned cart email and complete my purchase. That's two emails I've received from the company before purchase. For more complex products, you could imagine it might take a bit longer, perhaps even a week of informational emails to get me to convert. But for a lot of people, you know, there is a strong same-day conversion purchase. Now that I've purchased from you, you've sent me my order confirmation email with my receipt. This is called a notification email, and it operates differently than other emails if you don't know. Let's pause on notification emails for a second because this is a big opportunity here. Notification emails are required by law and typically do not have an unsubscribe button on them. My tracking email will be another notification email, and so would a return label, password reset, and about 11 other types of messages that companies can send to customers regardless of their opt-in status to a marketing email. In these notifications, you can embed upsells or cross-sells, you can give promotions, you can encourage the user to join a loyalty program or use a loyalty program, or you can simply survey your customers and ask them to give more information about themselves. You could even attempt to get unsubscribed customers back on your newsletter list. If you aren't tinkering with your notification emails in order to maximize revenue, you will likely want to give this a try. Some of those order tracking emails actually have over 100% open rate because people check them so frequently. Okay, so back to the journey. 
After a few days, you're now sending me my tracking email. Perhaps you've also sent me a welcome email or sequence to further indoctrinate me into the brand. At this point, I'm well on my way to becoming a big fan, but you probably don't know all that much about me. In fact, you may only know my email address, my mailing address, and what I've purchased from you. And you probably haven't sent any of those emails we just talked about to me based on what I've purchased, and you certainly haven't sent them to me based on why I've purchased, because even at this point, you still don't really know. And I won't get into it too much right now, but if you can, please set up customer surveys and feedback loops, especially with your customer service team, so you can better understand expectations and prepare to beat them consistently. Now, to take it back a notch, I wanna bring it to the three best practices for today and tomorrow. After speaking with my guests, these three themes popped up over and over again, and they are segmentation, personalization, and predictive analytics. Let's go back to Ritus for a really great nugget on how to get started with segmentation. Segmentation is, is like one of the pieces of personalization. So you can personalize like adding some, 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 Name, uh, city, etc., which which is always effective, but really segmentation is the next the next step. When you don't have enough triggers to automate like all the campaigns, so uh, segment your customers because the customers are different, and the best way to segment is really on the behavior on your online store more than on demographics. Demographics usually is not as as important as the segment. So let's take a segment: the customers who have visited the specific product A, create a segment, run the campaign related to the specific product A, and it doesn't matter if she is female, if she is, if he is male, what state he or she is from, etc. So demographics usually doesn't matter. So segmentation and behavioral segmentation is the most effective. And now let's bring it to Casey Luck, who runs an email marketing agency called luckandco.agency. That's luckandco.agency if you're looking for another good email marketing agency. She helps explain the biggest wins for brands today. Bigger companies, we can segment and send more personalized flows or campaigns like abandoned cards for customers and non-customers or post-purchase based on a specific product because we can automate all of that and because we can use dynamic content and personalization in all of those campaigns all of that is working really really well and if you have that set up and if you have that set up well for your store you're just you know you're making like if you basically if an e-commerce company store didn't have that and they added that right now they would be adding like 10 to 20 percent to their revenue right away and now her take on predictive analytics yeah, I think predictive analytics is going to play a big role in all of the ESP email service providers. They're going to get better and better at analytics and pred predictive analytics as well. And brands will be able to personalize their emails based on um, what customer is looking for, who they are, where they are in their life, um, and offer, first of all, offer products that are fit for them um, instead of just sending like a random collection of products from their line or like new collection and also um, send them personalized deals um, that are based on what um, how this shopper has been shopping so far or not shopping so far um, i think that's uh, that is the most interesting part of personalization for me 
And it turns out Jason has similar thoughts on the use of AI and dynamic content creation. I think the future is going to be much more targeted on segmentation and personalization. The two things that we talk about and have been talked about in email marketing a lot over the last few years, but there's a very small number of brands who are truly doing it for every campaign or every automation they execute. So I think in the next few years, what we're going to see a lot more of is uh, increased use of dynamic content and personalized content in campaigns. And as AI develops, much more personalized uh, content delivery, timing, and styling, whether that's depending on the device you're opening it on, depending on the time of day, depending on your location. I think all of those things are going to be able to be much more easily automated thanks to AI. All right, I think we've hammered home the point enough. Begin by segmenting users by stage uh, that they are in in their journey, then by product line or page visited, and look to tools like LimeSpot or Nosto, which are both AI recommendation and personalization engines that automatically recommend the right products for your store. We'll do an entire episode on those tools sometime soon. The question for you today, and I expect this to be the common theme in this podcast series, is how are you going to use your data combined with some predictive analytics or machine learning to better segment, personalize, and serve your customers? Obviously, a smaller brand has less power in their data than a larger one, but I believe the value is there for brands of any size, and the tools are becoming increasingly easier and cheaper to access. I'd love to get your feedback on this. Does it scare you? Do you feel like you're missing the boat already? Is your data not well organized? Not sure where to start? Send me an email at Derek at ecommercetech.io. That's D-E-R-R-I-C at ecommercetech, T-E-C-H, one word, dot I-O. I'd love to know, and maybe I can recommend some next steps for you. Now let's quickly turn towards regulation. We've seen the GDPR, Canada's PIP-EDA, and now the California Consumer Protection Act, all of which crack down on how you handle consent as pertaining to your personal information, and also how you store, handle, and share data with partners and third parties. In the end, these regulations, I believe, are good for humanity, but they change how you need to behave as a marketer and as a business, and they really cut out any black hat tactics, or at least make them illegal, uh, which can be you know, fined to your business. We'll see if people actually get punished for breaking these laws. Enforcement is really a whole nother issue. We can see a clear direction with all these regulations, as Casey explains. Um, I think that the um, laws and rules around privacy are going to get tighter, um, like we have seen that happen in, um, in the EU. I think the U.S. is going to follow, which I think is a great thing as a consumer. Um, and I think brands and companies will just have to adjust to that. And what that will mean is that um, the collection methods, like the collection of email addresses and the data from customers, and also the content that they produce and send via email is just will have to get better. You'll have to send quality stuff um, and invite people to join your email list in a, in a great way and also offer them something for joining your email list so that they, they perceive it as a worth it endeavor. Um, and all of that is just going to improve the quality of of the emails that we're seeing from brands. And now let's look a little bit more into this changing landscape of email marketing and what it might, what the fundamentals of email might look like in the future. First, we head to Casey. 
I think video and email is kind of um, really wacky right now. <laughs> it doesn't really integrate well and doesn't work well. I think we're gonna see um, we're gonna see changes to that, and video and email is going to become a lot more just like more workable and usable um, and interesting. It's going to get personalized. So obviously emails are going to get more and more personalized. They are right now, but they're gonna get even more so. And video in email is going to be personalized as well. And now back to Jason, who has some really interesting insights on how email might be changing in the future. I wouldn't be surprised if email marketing evolves maybe into something more uh, that you, know, you wouldn't recognize traditionally as email marketing. Yeah, an email address is such a foundational part of gaining access to the internet uh, when you're young, even today, if you want to create any type of online profile, everything really still starts with your email address. And for as long as that's the case, and for as long as your inbox is your sort of virtual mailbox for your house, I think email will persevere. I imagine what it will look like will, will develop with technology. I think AR is probably going to play a big piece in that. I think as phones and tablets and computers evolve, the way that a technology like email is delivered is gonna change, probably be more visual, may even be more tactile. The key thing holding email back right now is it's uh, being tied to being developed in HTML um, and not just, not a very modern type of HTML, depending on the browser that you open it in, you know, opening it in Outlook versus a web browser. So. I think as the technology that email is built on evolves, uh, email itself is gonna evolve into something very different. And he continues to go into the changing email collection landscape as well. I think technology is doing a really great job at making email collection easier. For example, now on Apple, if you click into a form field, the iOS is intelligent enough, or you know, Chrome is intelligent enough to understand that it's an email field and suggest regular email addresses that you enter into those fields. So it's no longer a case of typing it. You can just click it uh, with a single button now. Uh, but I think technology, the platforms themselves are doing a great job of helping this as well. So if you think about something like the Shopify checkout, now when you get to checkout, you pop your email address in and it will just send you a text message with an authorization number and you can skip the whole process. So I think, and this is something that will depend on the way that data develops and the platforms handle privacy, but I wouldn't be surprised if, we started to see a move towards more people's data being able to be encrypted and maybe when they are offered some, an ability to sign up, it's through a plugin that's maybe an encrypted app where someone keeps their data and they can give permission for that data set to be shared with a brand or not. And that might streamline the process significantly. That's, so that's exactly what I believe, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe we'll have this data entity that we own and uh, and we can choose who gains access to it, and we can always yeah. see who gains access to it. It's owned by us. Maybe somebody created the shell that it lives in, but they don't yeah. own the data. It's kept like you know on our phone or whatever. And then when we need to pass the data out, like whether it's credit card, email address, you pass it out one to one. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's the, that unification is is going to happen. As much for usability thing as a privacy thing, idealistic future. Uh, as opposed to, you know, the nihilistic uh, approach yeah. of, of all of your data will just be kept by all companies and you'll be yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. And there you have it. The future of email marketing is moving off of HTML-based email and into a rich text format, or RTF, where we can play movies, embed additional content, put in personalized videos, as Casey hinted at, 
and possibly bring in a sort of augmented reality experience, as Jason mentioned. And yes, I know that seems far-fetched, but the future is just around the corner. And all of this will still stem around your, your name at gmail.com or whatever provider you're using. I believe we will have more power with who emails us, which means less clutter, and the brands that we allow into our lives will likely make a lot of money off of being able to provide us with that consistent value we crave, and that is what will keep them in the inbox. Meanwhile, spam and annoying SEO services that I get hit up for daily will continue to move further away from your line of sight, and promotions and company updates will be a little more hit or miss depending on how often you check that promotions tab or really want to be marketed to. Your homework for this episode is to create at least one new segment for your email list and figure out custom content or a sequence or automation or a product line that you give to them that fits them better than it fits the rest of your customers. If you sell to new moms, maybe start with boys versus girls, but then you could also maybe do twins or people that are having their second child, etc., etc. And if you don't have the data on something like that, go get it. It can really be as simple as asking. I'd like to thank our sponsor again, Omnisend. If you're looking to improve that brand relationship with your customer and expand into more than just email, check out Omnisend at ecomtech.link forward slash Omnisend. For the full show notes of this episode, you can head over to ecomtech.link forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you subscribed and left a review wherever you listen. And I'd love to hear from you and what you're doing with your email marketing and personalization efforts. Or maybe you have a unique insight into your industry and would like to be on an upcoming episode. Reach out to me. I'm Derek at ecommercetech.io. Again, that's D-E-R-R-I-C at ecommercetech, one word, dot I-O. New episodes will be released every Monday. The next few weeks, you can expect deeper dives into personalization, AI, technology at large, and the channels we mentioned before, SMS, Messenger, and push notifications. Down the road, we'll cover customer service, buy now, pay later tools, inventory management systems, and honestly, every industry out there until we have painted the clearest prediction of the future of e-commerce. I look forward to taking this journey with you, and I will talk to you soon.